Welcome to College and Coins, where we learn about college, the process, get in keeping those coins, and everything else in between. I'm sitting here with Latoria Rogers, owner of LG Rogers and Consulting. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am awesome. So I just wanted you to pop in and thank you for coming and tell everybody what it is you do exactly in the community, in the educational community. All right. So I am a school counselor at a high school. This is my 11th year as a school counselor, but it's my first year actually as a high school counselor. I did some work as a college access coordinator in another district. So I particularly work with high school students that are interested in going into the health career field. Okay. And so you're a college counselor or a school counselor, and a lot of people don't really understand what that is. So can you just give us a quick background on what exactly that is and what you do specifically? All right. So as a school counselor, we definitely work with students to make sure that they are achieving their academic goals. We also make sure that they are socially and emotionally well. And then we definitely provide support to students outside of school too, with helping with community involvement. And then with my business, I also assist families with understanding colleges, researching colleges, applying for college, and then researching scholarships that are available. Amazing and awesome. This is the go-to college person, guys. Don't sleep at all. So you said socially and emotionally well. That is so important. And I'm glad that you said that because now that we're going through COVID and it doesn't seem like it's going to go away anytime soon, we'll always be in some form of COVID for the next couple of years, I believe. How has that affected the students in terms of the way that they look at college, or are they even thinking about going to college? You know, there's so much in the air. Colleges have been closing. They've been making students take their years at home. I know a couple of students who had to have their freshman year at home. Some students were on campus, but it's just not the same. The homecomings have been canceled. So that entire college experience has been diminished a lot. So how are the students reacting, the ones that are set to go off to college? And are they still placing a high importance on going away? Interestingly enough, we've seen college admissions increase. College applications have increased, but students definitely are struggling as far as it goes with social and emotional health because things change so quickly for them and they have lacked the ability to really connect with their peers. So it's been really strategic that school counselors and school staff have made every effort to connect with students and being able to utilize technology to help them apply and also to help them research different schools. And the fact that institutions have had virtual college fairs, that has really helped with students being able to apply as well as explore colleges. And as we see more schools come back online where students can actually get on campus to tour the school, that's helping them feel better about actually going away. Now, some students were definitely hurt that they didn't have you know, that traditional freshman year experience, but schools found a way to help students be connected to the university still, even though they may have been at home. 
okay. And it's so interesting that you said applications are actually rising. There's an influx of new applications. Now, I have heard so many different sides of the coin when it comes to the technology piece and how students are actually adjusting in school and the ones in college. Everybody doesn't work well using technology. Everybody's not on the same level. So how has that affected or do you see a difference in the students who are tech savvy and the students who aren't? How is that affecting them socially and emotionally? Yes, there has definitely been a difference in the students that are more tech savvy. And it's also been a difference with motivation as well. So some students are just not as motivated with having to sit behind a computer screen and submit their work that way. So they're struggling in that aspect. But if they have some good friends that are able to help them and motivate them and encourage them, we're seeing those students do a little bit better because they have that support group. Okay, that is that is great. That is great. I hear so many different horror stories about tech. And, you know, tech is great. We're sitting here, you're in another place, I'm in one place, but we're still having this interview. And it can be a great asset, but then nobody expected COVID to push it as far into the forefront as it has been. So the students are just, I hear so many people saying, well, my student is struggling really bad, you know, going through depression and all of these different things. And then you have some students are like, hey, let me teach this class, you know. So it's it's a catch-22. And do you think that colleges and schools, well, number one, do you think that schools were prepared, were adequately prepared for this tech influx that we had to embrace due to COVID? Absolutely not. I don't think anyone was prepared for what happened. And we talk about the students really struggling, but you also have to remember too that the ones that are delivering instruction, they're also, you know, struggling too because they had to flip on a dime, you know, with taking all their lesson plans, all their planning and figure out how to make it digital and be able to teach in a virtual world. And some of our teachers didn't have experience with using, you know, Zoom or technology to deliver instruction. So I think the biggest thing is we're all in this together. And I think that if you have community support where you check on each other, we can all make it through. But it has definitely been difficult. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about the health careers. So you are dealing with students who are interested in health careers. Have you seen an increase in students wanting to get into health careers because of COVID? Or have you seen students kind of shy away because of all of this stuff going on with COVID? I have actually seen an increase of students that are interested in the health careers because with our specific program, we definitely highlight those careers that aren't necessarily thought about when you think about health careers, because people typically think about, you know, your doctors and your nurses, your surgeons, but we actually take time to expose children to your radiation therapy or your sonography department, you know, EMT, those careers where they can also go to the community college and finish in two years and come out making $70,000, Versus going to a four-year institution and then going on to med school. So being able to expose to different 
that's great because a lot of people, when you talk about health careers and medical careers, they don't focus on those careers. And I personally know a lot of radiation techs and they make a lot of money, but that's not a field that they really push. Most of the time it's like doctors or nurses. And if you get into the nursing background, it's go all the way up to anesthetists, you know, and a lot of people don't really know about that, but that is almost like a doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, they make a lot of money, but it's a lot of school. It's a lot of dedication. And then you have these other careers where they can be just as lucrative for these students that people don't really touch on. So I really I'm happy to hear that your program is focusing on those other careers where they can still be enriched and still work in the health career. So thank you so much for that. So let's get into LJ Rogers Consulting. Okay, so when did you start this company and what exactly, I know you told us what you do, but let's get a little bit more granular. How are you helping these students and parents prepare for college? All right, so LJ Rogers started August of 2020. It started because I had some work in a previous district as a college access coordinator. And there we created this like parent university where we met with parents after school hours. So I could be at school seven, eight o'clock, you know, helping parents with applying to college, understanding the college application, and then also understanding scholarships. So I decided to launch this business, A, you know, once the impact of COVID came along and students didn't have the direct access or connection to their school counselors, I wanted to be that resource to help families outside of the school. So what I actually do is I sit down with parents and I help them research different schools. We look at their students' interests. So if the child is interested in the health careers or if they're interested in performing arts, we definitely try to find the best fit for them. So I make sure that parents understand that, you know, it's not you going to college, it's your students. So you may want them to go to a very prestigious school, but does that fit who they are and does it fit their goals for their life? And then we also dig into scholarships and and financial aid. And we also look at, you know, once they get their word letters back, I help families with actually appealing their word letters if they discover that they don't have enough money to cover what the financial aid office is offering them. It's interesting that you would say that two things stood out to me. You were talking about parents who want to live vicariously through their kids and make their kids go to the college that they always wanted to go to. That is so, that has happened for centuries and we know that. And what I'm seeing is that kids today are more adept. They know what they want to do. They're more assertive in terms of that's not me and I don't want to do that. So it's interesting that you would say that. And and I think you know, you have these helicopter parents, you know, my kid is going into school, this is what they're going to do or whatever. And then the kid flunks out and they get upset when if they had actually had the conversation with the counselor like yourself or their student, they would know that they were not cut out for exactly. So that's, I'm glad that you do that. And and so how do the parents react when they realize that their, their kid is not cut out for that, you know, Ivy League University? You know, some of them are hurt, but I think the more we have the conversation, 
the more they start to come around and realize, you know, I, I got to take a step back and I have to let them make the choices for their life. Okay. And so the second thing that stood out for me, you said appeal and award letter. I have never heard of appealing an award letter. So can you walk us through that process and actually tell us what what is appealing an award letter? Because, you know, most of the time people get their financial aid package and it's like, we don't have enough money. We're going to have to get these loans. What are we going to do? But here you are sitting saying you can appeal an award letter. I don't know how many people actually knew that. And I didn't. And I have kids. I have a daughter who's in pharmacy school now, and I've never heard of appealing an award letter. Yes. So let's put the client through the process. So one of the initial things that you're going to want to do is definitely check with your school to figure out what their process is for appealing your financial aid, because each school may be different. But one of the things, the first things you're going to do is wait until you get all of your award letters from all of the schools that you've applied for and been accepted to, because then you want to sit down and compare each school. Now, you definitely want to look at, you want to compare apples to apples. So private schools, if you apply to private schools, you want to compare other private school award offerings to it, because we know the cost of attendance at private schools is a lot higher than your public institution. And you want to compare your public schools to your public schools. So once you have all that laid out, you you look at what each school is offering. And then your top school that you want to go to, if they're not offering enough money and you have another school that's offering more money than your top school, you're going to want to use that letter to formulate your letter that you're going to write for your appeal process. Once you write out that letter, you definitely specify that you were awarded this amount. However, this amount is not going to cover what we need to pay. And if your family has some circumstances that was not identified in your FAFSA form, if something medically came up, if someone lost their job after you submitted your FAFSA, you're going to include that in your appeal letter. And then you're going to get down to the penny, the amount of money that you need to cover the cost of the education. And then you're also going to want to submit the letter from the school that's offering you more money so they can see that comparison. Wow. That's very detailed, but that's very smart and strategic. Wow. Most people don't know that they can do that. So this, this was a nugget. You guys got that nugget? Catch those coins. (laughs) Catch those coins. That is, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. And so moving forward, when you help these students, how early should they actually be thinking about preparing for college if that's what their goal is? Because, you know, college isn't for everyone. Do you consult with students who may feel like they don't want to go to college? Absolutely. So the first part of your question, I think parents, students need to be starting to think about college as early as eighth grade. And I say eighth grade because what's going to happen your eighth grade year, second semester, you're going to start doing your schedule for your your high school and you're going to be preparing to transition to high school. So in eighth grade, you have the opportunity to start 
building your schedule. And a lot of times at high schools, you have different tracks that you can fall into. And then once you're in high school, you can actually start signing up for college level classes as well. So you want to start thinking about that eighth grade and start thinking about what it is you plan on doing after high school so that you can build out your four years of high school because high school is going to fly by. Also in eighth grade, I know here in North Carolina, we do have our early college high schools. So with that, you don't go to a traditional high school. You would actually go to an early college. And with that, the students are actually graduating with a two-year associate's degree as well as their high school diploma. So you need to understand if your child is going to apply for that track or if they want to go to a traditional high school. Okay, so early college, you guys call it early college in North Carolina. Most places, a lot of places call it dual enrollment. So parents, mm-hmm. I want you to understand that they're the same thing. Dual enrollment and early college, they are one in the same. That's amazing. So the students, you saying start eighth grade, which makes absolutely perfect sense. A lot of times students don't realize the importance and the value of setting themselves up for success as they're entering high school. So what would you say to those students, especially because of the fact that once you get in high school, you want to have fun, but like you said, it flies by. So being prepared for what it is that you want to do is is more important than ever, especially now in the times that we're in. Right. So I would say to students, definitely one I want you to enjoy your high school experience. You don't get it again. So definitely enjoy your high school experience. Be involved in what you can be involved in, but also take time to plan. You know, those meetings that you you have with your school counselors at the end of each academic year, be sure that you are on track and on target to, to complete all of your assigned courses and that you don't have to retake any classes because when you get to your senior year, you don't have time to be adding on additional clubs or try to redo things that you should have done 9th, 10th, and 11th grade year. The other thing is I would definitely recommend that you connect with a, a strong upperclassman. So someone that can kind of show you the ropes and give you some more details, as well as find a, a college student that can come back and share some information and guidance with you as a high school student. Oh, wow. That Now that was a nugget. So Students, if you have someone, if you know someone in student council, or maybe you want to get involved in student council or the honor society or those organizations that are tracking toward going to college, you want to hook up with someone like that to help you navigate high school, but also navigate your process and how you're preparing for college. That is so valuable. Thank you so much for that. So say to utilize your summers and and find internships that you can do that can be free internships or some apprenticeships because those really expose you to different careers as well and you can see some things that you didn't even think that you were interested in and also having those intern experiences help you when you start to apply for for college and scholarships because they see that you took an interest in something outside of school. Okay. Okay. And so let's talk education. How do you see education shifting, especially because this tech thing just blew up. It threw everybody into this 
process where now you have to have the computer, you have to be in front of the computer. Even the people who have gone back to school, they still have a portion where they're teaching virtually. So how do you think this is reshaping education moving forward, especially as we move into a lot of places opening up this coming school year? So with education, I think technology is always going to be around. I also think it's something that our students need to be prepared for. And it does definitely help them as far as college as well, because in college, you do have the opportunity to sign up for online classes where you don't actually have to report to class. So it can have its benefits with students using it as early as high school, because then it helps them understand how they need to plan out their day, how they need to to schedule their course assignments, plan for tests and exams, but also they need to remember that they need to stay in contact with their teachers and their instructors and keep that two-way communication because it's so easy to fall behind when everything is online. So it, it pushes you to be organized. And I do think with technology coming on board and with us moving to virtual learning, you know, those opportunities that students would, would get breaks for snow days or weather days, and it gives us a downtime. We're not seeing that anymore because they're saying no snow day. We're just going to shift it to a virtual day. So, you know, those kind of things typically do wear on your your emotional state if you're constantly being in front of the computer. So definitely also, too, you want to take breaks away from having to sit at your computer. Okay. And so do you recommend, and I know flipped classrooms, and for our listeners who don't know what it is, flipped classrooms are teachers who teach in the classroom, but then they also teach virtually. And that's been going on for a couple of years. And so do you do you feel that flipped classrooms should be, I guess, you know, a requirement or should all teachers start implementing flipped classrooms so that these students will be very comfortable in the virtual setting and in the brick and mortar setting so they won't have, it won't be so much confusion going on. Students will come in knowing how to work that process and then I guess it will also be an advantage for teachers if they have flipped classrooms because then they can become tech savvy and they'll be able to adapt to the technology. I'm not 100% sure if I think that all teachers should have to do flipped classrooms because I know that all teachers are not tech savvy, especially when you look at some of your veteran teachers that are at, you know, year 28, year 30. They're not used to this tech. And I think some of their, I think you should play to the strengths of your teachers and what the teachers in your building are strong with and figure out how you can use their strengths to best serve your students in your building. Awesome. So what tools do you have to help these students go off to college or prepare for going off to college? All right. So I do have a binder and with the binder, it's a PDF download and it includes checklists, a scholarship tracker, a password keeper. It has a pacing guide to help families know what they should be doing each month 
for the students' junior and senior year of high school. And it has some tabs to help you organize your, your email correspondence, your financial aid information, your housing information, any medical information. And this is really a tool that keeps families organized as they start the process of planning and applying to college. Awesome. Awesome. So you don't just work with students in the North Carolina area. You are basically nationwide. So how can people get in touch with you? All right. I do have a website. It's ljrogersrodgersdc.org. And that way you can schedule consultations and you can also complete a form for more information. And it also outlines the services that I provide to families. Awesome. Thank you so much for participating. And we're going to be sure to have you on again. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. College of Coins is brought to you by the Freshman Funbox brand. Until next time, check us out at collegeandcoins.com.